Hello, my name is Jacob Schondel. I'm the Webmaster and Media and Technology Committee Chair for Shepherd of the Valley Evangelical Lutheran Church. I'd like to invite you to join us this summer on the ShepherdCast for our first ever Spotlight on Outreach series. This summer, I'll get the opportunity to sit down with some of the leaders of both community outreach programs and some groups at our church that are all working to make our community and our world a better place. On July 10th, I'll be sitting down with Susan Kashak, who heads up Shepherd's Kitchen at our church. That's our longest-running outreach program. On July 17th, I'll be sitting down with Joanne Reynolds, who I'm actually supposed to be calling Grandma. Sorry, Grandma. Uh, anyways, she heads up our Lutheran World Relief quilting group. On July 24th, I'll be sitting down with Dottie Scott to talk about our Barney Bear ministry, our prayer shawl ministry, and the ministry which makes mats for the homeless. On July 31st, I'll be sitting down with Becky Larson from the Helping Hands Network in Waynesburg. And on August 7th, I will be sitting down with Joanne Carpenter from Refuge of Hope Ministries downtown Canton. That discussion will be especially interesting because they have just moved into a brand new building in downtown Canton, so we'll be glad to hear from them about that. Every one of these interviews I am extremely excited for, and I hope you will join us for these interviews. It'll be right here on the ShepherdCast podcast feed, and you can get them wherever you get your podcasts, or you can get them by going to sotvchurch.com slash shepherdcast. Until then, we thank you for your continued support of the Shepherd Cast. God bless, and here is your regularly scheduled Sunday morning episode of the Shepherd Cast. Hello. My name is Jacob Schondel. I am the Webmaster and Media and Technology Committee Chair for Shepherd of the Valley, and you are listening to The ShepherdCast, the weekly podcast from Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Sandyville, Ohio. Each week, we bring you our weekly sermon in audio form, as well as our weekly Bible readings. We thank you for joining us for worship, as even though you may not have been able to join us on Sunday morning, we are glad to have you with us through this podcast. Now, if you like what you hear, and you're able, and you live in the Northeast Ohio area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. You can learn more about our worship experience at sotvchurch.com worship. In case you're curious what the readings are for this Sunday, or you would like to follow along in your Bible, we will be taking a look at the readings listed in our show notes for today's episode. Also, when we read our readings, those come out of the NRSV translation of the Bible. So, without further ado, here's this week's readings read by our lay reader, followed by the Gospel and Sermon by the Reverend Scott J. Anderson. Good morning. Good morning. The first lesson is taken from Genesis chapter 18, verses 20 through 32. Then the Lord said, How great is the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah, and how very grave their sin! I must go down and see whether they have done altogether according
according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom, where, while Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not forgive it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all earth do what is just? And the Lord said, if I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will forgive the whole place for their sake. And Abraham answered, let me take it upon myself to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. And again he spoke to them, Suppose 40 are found there. He answered, For the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, do not let the Lord be angry if I speak. Suppose 30 are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. He said, Let me take it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. He answered, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, oh, do not let the Lord be angry if I speak just once more. Suppose 10 are found there. He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We will read responsively Psalm 138. I will give thanks to you, Lord, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and praise your name because of your steadfast love and faithfulness. For you have glorified your name and your word above all things. When I called, you answered me. You increased my strength within me. All the rulers of the earth will praise you, O Lord, when they have heard the words of your mouth. They will sing of the ways of the Lord, that great is the glory of the Lord. The Lord is high, yet cares for the lowly, perceiving the haughty from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you keep me safe. You stretch forth your hand against the fury of my enemies. Your right hand shall save me. You will make good your purpose for me. O Lord, your steadfast love endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. The second lesson is taken from Colossians verses 6 through 19. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built upon up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, 
according to the elemental spirits of the universe and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in him, who is the head of every ruler and authority. In him also you were circumcised with the spiritual circumcision, by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespass and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him. When he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands, he set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. Therefore, do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food and drink or observing festivals, new moons, or Sabbaths. These are only a shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Do not let anyone disqualify you, insisting on self-abasement and worship of angels, dwelling on visions, puffed up without cause of a human way of thinking, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows within a growth that is from God, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter, beginning at the first verse. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was praying in a certain place. And after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, as for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of the fish? Or, if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. And let us pray. Gracious and wonderful God, we love you, we praise you, we give you thanks. We ask that you send your Holy Spirit upon us every time we enter into dialogue with you. That when we pray, we not only speak what is from our hearts, from our minds, our spirits, but also that we open up our ears and listen to you. Help us that when we pray, that we may be instruments of your grace in what we say and what we do and what we think. We ask, dear Lord, to send your Holy Spirit upon me that I may preach your word truthfully and faithfully. In this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There once was a man, and he had been saddled with debt. And every time he tried to get his bills paid, there'd be more coming in. And it just kept on building and building and building. And no matter what the man did, trying to make those ends meet, never seemed to work out. And the bills just kept on coming. Finally, one day, he decided and said to himself that he was going to go to church uh, every day and by himself in the sanctuary pray to God. And his prayer was something along this line, uh, asking God uh, to give him what he needed to pay off his debt. He said, Father, I am a humble person. I do not want to uh, amass wealth or anything like that, but I just merely want to pay off my debts. Please help me win the lottery and so that I can pay off this enormous debt that I have. Well, days turned into weeks, which turned into months, until finally uh, it had been a year that this man had been coming to church regularly by himself, praying in the sanctuary. Until finally, on that anniversary of that date, his prayer kind of changed a little bit. And he says, Lord, look, I have been faithful in my promise and my vow to you. I have prayed every day. I have asked you to help me win the lottery so that I can pay off my debts. My debts and bills keep getting higher. They have been the highest they've ever been. Why? Why won't you help me? And a voice from heaven came down to the man and said, So, buy a lottery ticket already. The point is, whenever we sit down and pray, or kneel and pray, or stand and pray, whatever position you like, we have this tendency of once we pray, we let God do his thing, and it's completely in God's hands. And we kind of factor ourselves out of the equation. Prayer isn't like that. Prayer is a dialogue in which we speak and God listens, and then we need to have that time in quiet and stop jabbering at God and listen to what God says. But also, too, is a matter that when we engage in that dialogue, we all of a sudden realize that we are part of that prayer. 
and that our actions, that our words, uh, what we say, what we do, could actually be a means of answering somebody else's prayer. Jesus shows us this uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. In the Garden of Gethsemane, we see Jesus praying, and especially in the Gospel of Mark, uh, there are these elements of the Lord's Prayer in uh, that prayer at Gethsemane. And Mark doesn't have uh, the official teaching of Jesus uh, with the Lord's Prayer. But for Mark, who is very keen on action, uh, unfortunately, they took out many of the immediately's uh, in the Gospel of Mark because they were just so many, it just seemed like so repetitive. But uh, in the original documents uh, in the Greek, that word immediately is there. And so we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he is about to live the Lord's Prayer. It is this desire to do God's will. If thy will be done is something that we pray, then by golly, we need to be in alignment and try to do that. It is that prayer at Gethsemane and saying that version of the Lord's Prayer that gives Jesus the... I wouldn't say necessarily inspiration, but it gives Jesus that extra so he could go that extra mile to go to the cross, to suffer and die for our sins, uh, to give us salvation through his death and resurrection. And so uh, we look at this Lord's Prayer in Luke, and we might say, this is different. And Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer is indeed different than the one that we are normally used to hearing, the one that's based out of Matthew uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. And so it helps us to understand that the essence of the Lord's Prayer is not necessarily uh, one in which the words are, are more of an emphasis than our response and our action to it. Uh, and that's not saying that the words aren't important. Uh, for example, uh, in my first call in Wharton, Texas, I had the privilege of knowing Margaret Caney, and she was uh, the first Alzheimer's patient that I had ministered to. And uh, I never knew exactly when I would find Margaret, and we would engage in conversation. We would have communion and prayer. My last visit with her, uh, she was pretty much uncommunicative. Uh, she uh, you know, didn't uh, look like she was responding anything, and our dialogue has now shifted to monologue. And uh, after I had finished speaking with her, um, I prayed with her and concluded the prayer with the Lord's Prayer. As soon as she heard the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, she spoke and prayed the prayer with me. Such is the power of this wonderful prayer that we are given. And it's quite feasible, quite possible, that the words of the Lord's Prayer 
were the actual last words that she ever said to anyone uh, in her life. So it is important for the words, but it's also important for us to understand our calling uh, in regards to this prayer and how we are to live our lives. And also our openness to be changed by this prayer. C.S. Lewis observed, and this is kind of a paraphrase, uh, that when, when I pray, C.S. Lewis said, uh, I do not pray to change God. I pray that the prayer will change me. And so that's our uh, kind of going in position when we start talking about this Lord's Prayer. Now I want to talk about uh, two of the petitions that are there in Luke's prayer so I can talk a little bit about the uh, uh, last verses of the gospel text as well. Give us today our daily bread. And as I alluded to earlier, it seems like this is a prayer petition that we would say, give it to God. You know, it doesn't seem to have any give and take to that uh, petition. Give us today our daily bread. Uh, or give us this day our daily bread. Uh, and so, um, but in essence, we really are making a faith statement when we say this prayer. Because as Luther points out, we are praying that God provide us for everything that we need, not just daily bread. And so it is a faith statement in the sense that I am going to trust God to provide in whatever situation I'm facing. That uh, God will be there giving us what we need, not necessarily what we want. It is uh, a recognition of what God has done in the past. When the disciples heard Jesus pray this petition of the Lord's Prayer, it was probably a reminder that God indeed provided, that in their wilderness journey, there was the daily bread of manna given every day. And so this is a faith statement. How do we go about living our faith, living in trust for God to provide each day. The toughest petition is there. Forgive us our sins. Now, I like the Lucan version as opposed to what we see in Matthew because it hits the nail right on the head. Sin. I'm a sinner. You know, uh, I feel like I need to go to Sinners Anonymous, you know. Hi, I'm Scott. I'm a sinner, you know. Uh, and uh, it is this recognition to God in all honesty to go before the cross and ask for this forgiveness. Now, we don't want to cheapen the grace of God in all of this. And so we pray as one sentence, forgive us our sins or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We have a tendency to want to put up stop 
or a pause uh, in this petition because uh, we kind of want God to forget about that last conditional statement that we put in there. You know, so forgive us our sins. Great God, I love you. Thank you for forgiving me. But we're asking God to forgive us on the basis of how we have forgiven others. Mm. Uh, that is a toughie, you know, when we come right down to it. And there are still people uh, in my life that, boy, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's tough asking God to forgive them. And so, uh, uh, but that is what we are praying for. That we, again, it's about living this prayer. Living in the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ through his death on a cross and his glorious resurrection. And the grace that we have received so that we can give away that grace in our daily lives. This is what it means to live the Lord's Prayer. And so, you know, this is what, uh, when uh, we gather together in worship, you will hear me uh, say as an introduction to the Lord's Prayer, uh, help us to live and to pray the prayer you taught us. Because it's very important for us to realize our part in the prayer. And so Jesus uh, emphasizes this even more in the parable that he brings uh, with uh, the neighbor who comes at midnight. Oh, yeah, very convenient time. Uh, you know, and he expects his neighbor to just jump at the chance of giving him what he wants. Now, the point is kind of uh, of this parable is uh, the last verse that we heard uh, when Jesus is talking about, you know, if your uh, children ask for a fish and you give them a snake, if they ask for an egg and you give them a scorpion, uh, you don't do that. But we who are, let's face it again, comes right back, sinners, you know, uh, and we know how to give good things then the point of this parable of this neighbor who comes in and making these ridiculous requests, God, in his love, in his mercy, in his grace, will give us what we need. And again, that goes back to give us today our daily bread, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, it is having this confidence then that God will provide. The problem is, is that we want to treat God like a genie in the lamp, you know, type of thing. And uh, God gives us what we need rather than what we necessarily want. And I have to remind myself of that because I hear Jesus uh, again after that parable talking about ask and it shall be given you. You know, search and you will find, knock and the door will be open for you. And again, talking about the persistence in prayer. You know, I remember two years ago, I was probably the most persistent uh, in prayer. And that was when Charlotte was in ICU in the last month of her life. And I didn't get what I prayed for. But it is understanding that God provides that death 
was possibly, probably, is and was the best possible outcome for her. And that's a hard thing to wrestle with. It's a hard thing to think that, A, I asked, how come I'm not receiving? But it is a matter of trusting in God even when our prayers aren't answered the way we expect them to be answered. It is being open to what God is doing in our lives. It is being open to the love and grace of God. And that's what we find Abraham in our reading from Genesis. That same persistence. But noticing he was basing his prayer on the righteousness of God. He was basing it on the, you know, on the prayer for others. And again, that's part and parcel of what we, in our prayer life, need to keep in balance. That love for neighbor uh, that we heard in the parable of the Good Samaritan a couple of weeks ago. Knock and the door will be open for you. I love that particular image. And when I was struggling uh, in my life a few years ago, a friend sent uh, a message on Facebook for me. And in that uh, post on Facebook, there is this image of a hallway uh, that seemed to stretch down to infinity and on both sides, multiple doors also going down to infinity. And uh, the message on that image was, while you're waiting for God to open the door for you, praise him in the hallway. And so there are times when we may not feel like praising God, when we may not feel like thanking God like we heard those wonderful words in our psalm this morning, there is that reminder that no matter how tough our lives are, that we trust God in the situation and live in thanksgiving and in praise. So on this day, as we uh, consider those wonderful words of the Lord's Prayer, words that we know by heart, let us take time when we say that prayer to realize not only the thanks and praise that is embedded in, those, in that prayer, but also how do we in our lives respond to God's grace and to be an instrument of his grace in our daily lives. And this, all of God's children said, amen. You just heard a very special sermon from Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church. We thank you for listening to the Shepherd Cast this week. If you are listening in the Northeast Ohio area, we invite you to join us for worship if you are able. Our services are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. You can learn more about our worship environment at our church by visiting sotvchurch.com worship. We are a church in service. If you wish to support our podcast, we hope you will support us by supporting our outreach. 
Whether the Spirit moves you to volunteer with one of our outreach programs, or you choose to contribute to the church in another way. One way you can support our church is through the Amazon Smile Program, where the nonprofit of your choice can receive 0.5% of the purchase price of products sold while costing you nothing extra. You can get started by going to smile.amazon.com and searching for Shepherd of the Valley Evangelical Lutheran Church. Of course, we encourage you to keep up with our church at our website at sotvchurch.com. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at sotvsandyville. We will be back with another message next week. Tune in then. Until then, we thank you for listening, and God bless.